it's radio station consultant, the podcast, and I'm your host, Andy Meadows. Today's episode is all about turning our on-air studios, production studios, or even our offices into content creation studios. So we're set up to crank out all sorts of content on a daily basis. And just a quick note of clarification. When I talk about on-air personalities creating digital content, I mainly mean writing blogs for the station website, creating videos, pictures, or memes for the station websites or social feeds, and recording podcast episodes similar to this one. All of that, of course, is above and beyond the on-air content that they're creating daily, but coming up with creative ways to turn some of that on-air content that they're already creating into digital content is the best way to start, and really, If we're creating original and compelling on-air content daily, it's pretty easy to make the jump to creating digital content as well. That's why I always say with radio, of course, it all starts on air. So for the purposes of demonstration, we're going to use my office that I've turned into a content creation studio as an example today. And I'll start by walking you through what I've done in here to make that transition And then I'm going to bring in two of the best radio engineers that I've ever known, who just happen to be my brothers, Rob and Chris, and have them critique what I've done in here so far. Give me some tips on other things that I could do to improve it, uh, while also walking us through a few of the main mistakes they've seen people make when building out a studio from an audio standpoint. And we'll close out by talking about some of the video tips and tricks that I've learned over the years from some of my buddies that own their own video production companies. This has been my office since about February of this year. And immediately after moving in, I started to convert it to a content creation studio with the goal of being able to do all of my daily consulting work and Zooms. I have a lot of Zoom meetings, obviously, in here, but also record podcast episodes, audio and video, and filming the occasional green screen video as well. First off, it's roughly a 10 by 12 foot room, which is a little smaller than I'd like, but it also shows how this can be accomplished in any on-air studio because 10 by 12 seems to be a very common size for radio studios and production studios and such, and offices for that matter. Also, I know this isn't some amazing studio by any any means, but that's kind of the point. Not counting the vocal booth in the closet with my additional VO equipment, the TV and the Xbox that I'm using to project my logo, or this furniture that I already had, Everything in this studio cost me about three grand, and uh, there are certainly cheaper alternatives to all of this equipment. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, to make the transition, the first thing I had to do was address the hardwood floors because that's obviously not ideal from an audio standpoint. So I've put down a carpet pad and some carpet tile. Then I purchased some acoustical foam and added that to some of the leftover carpet pad and hung all of that on some canvas frames to create these sound panels you see back here. Then I sealed the door by adding weather stripping around the frame and adding a door sweep below. Finally, I added this um, booth that I already had, uh, this table here. For the podcast furniture, this actually is a piece my dad built using some old Baptist pews, so I'm quite fond of it. I do plan on recovering the benches, though, as you can kind of see here in the frame. Um, the color stands out a little bit on video, so I'd like something that's a, that doesn't do that quite as much. Um, that's really it as far as changes to this office thus far. There are certainly more things I want to do. 
but first, I want to hear from the engineers, and we'll do that coming up in 30 seconds. Studies show that people spend five times longer looking at video content than static content on Facebook and Instagram. Videos also have the highest click-through rate of any digital ad format, and 100 million hours of video are watched every day on Facebook. If you want to compete for those sought-after digital ad dollars, you've got to have local, fresh, regularly updated video content on your station's website and social media sites. At Radio Station Consultant.com, we can help. Whether that's supplementing the content you already have or providing all of your video content, call 1-800-849-1457 or go to radiostationconsultant.com to find out more. Welcome back to Radio Station Consultant, the podcast. I'm joined by my younger brother, Chris, and my older Hello. brother, Rob. Hello, Rob. Hello, Chris. They are both radio engineers. Yes, I'm the middle child and behave accordingly. Like me, they've been in radio for virtually their entire lives. How long have both of you been radio engineers, by the way? Uh, carry the one. <laughs> I think I'm 17, 20 years, somewhere in between there. Uh, yeah, and I've been doing it since uh, I left college, so about uh, 26 years now. And yeah. and Chris, you trained under Rob, right? Cool. Not to yeah, make the that sound that came across weird, but I was going to make an airplane joke over under and uh, underdone, but uh, it yes. came out weird. But yeah, Rob trained you, correct? Basically, For but a lot, mostly, yes. he, he, mostly he did it himself. Yeah, he, he, he uh, <laughs> I threw him into the deep end of the pool and let him swim, sink or swim, basically. When, when I first started working under Rob, <laughs> I was supposed to have like six weeks of training before he sent me, and it was. I think three days. Oh, okay. And then they yeah. sent me. We were Alaska, desperate. Which was we, nice. were, we were pretty what, desperate. What it was is there was a volcano erupting at the time. And they said, we need you there so you could put extra filters on everything. So bye. Oh, okay. Then, See, yeah. I thought. I knew you were smart enough to handle it. And the, we had, uh, I mean, you grew up in radio. So you, you had a, a background in it to begin with. So I didn't, I didn't quite leave, throw you out to the wolves as bad as you make it sound. So. And to be no, clear. I mean, I'm still here. So obviously it's fine. <laughs> Well, the way I remember it, and to be clear, we're both about two and a half. Rob's two and a half, three years older than me. Chris is two and a half, three years younger than I am. But the way I remember it is that Chris was in high school when he became an engineer, and you were the one that taught him, Rob. Is that not correct? No. Oh, well, there was some of that. Well, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. do we really call that engineering? It's like replacing no, a that was motor putting and a out transmitter. Fires. And, that was yeah. putting out fires. Well, I remember you you demanded a pretty good salary back then for a high school kid. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. I mean, he's always been a great negotiator. So. That, that's true. Um, how many studio builds or studio moves have you done or been a part of, both of you, over the years? I'm sure Rob's done more than me. I've done, I think, eight total. I've, I've worked for the same company for quite a long time. So we did a couple in Hawaii and we've done several in Alaska, but I think total eight under my belt. I have lost count, but uh, probably 15, 20 would be my guess. It's been a long, a lot of them, yeah. Well, and that's not counting. I was a contract engineer for a number of years, so uh, you you tend to, to run into a lot of that kind of stuff when you're doing that. And that's not counting the, obviously, when you installed automation computers, you did a lot of that yes. as well yeah, all over the place. Yeah. And I've overseen construction on a couple, but obviously in a different role. I didn't have to do the the hard stuff that you guys do i just was there to make sure people put in the right kind of sheetrock that was called for in the plants and that kind of stuff and you 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 guys have both probably seen that because we're real technical when we're building studios out for uh 
certain kinds of stuff on the plans and uh, you really have to watch the contractors to make sure all that happens. Yeah, yeah because they're absolutely. used to doing it a certain way. They don't, they're not used to building a studio generally when you're working. You with tell them double sheetrock. They just think, Oh, we just stick two layers of sheetrock on that. Doesn't, that doesn't work. That, that just transmits the sound right through both layers. So you have yeah, to separate yeah. it with some air, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is something that uh, a lot of contractors have actually gotten pretty good at it because there's a lot of other applications where they want more uh, noise canceling and more silence. So uh, there's a lot of contractors that understand that going in, that this is what we need to do. Well, so. especially now that everybody's doing zoom and people are podcasting sure. on their own. I mean, this is a lot uh, years ago. It was only us doing this stuff. And so contractors probably are getting more used to it. That kind of leads me to my next question. What are some of the common mistakes you've seen when people try to build out a studio completely on their own? Overdoing it in some cases is a big mistake. Uh, you don't, you don't really need to cover everything in foam. I mean, that, that it may look cool, but it's not necessary. And dude, you should have told cases, me. <laughs> yeah. In some cases, I bet you the other side of your room is not like that though. Uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> It's not really necessary to, to just deaden everything. You want it to be a little bit natural sounding. So uh, if it's too dead, it can it can actually make it uh, worse. And you really have to make it fit the room. Every room is different. You're going to have to make it fit what works for your room. So And there's some slight variation between whether you're doing an on-air studio or podcast studio or or a vocal booth. a vocal yeah. booth just like i've got yeah. a vocal booth in there that's much deader than the rest of this room and it and it needs to be and mm -hmm. that's easier to do when you got a small space too yeah yeah um so yeah i've kind of showed you my room here and what i've done so far this is my office that i turned into the content creation studio from an audio standpoint give me your feedback on what i've done so far Um, you're getting there. I think you, you've probably used a, what do you have on your ceiling? Um, nothing. Is it big flat <laughs> space, big echo chamber? That yeah. might be something you want to look at. And it could be as simple as hanging some, uh, hanging some drapes or something from your ceiling, just making a little architectural thing, something to knock down the sound and make it here. I'm actually using, um, these are acoustic tiles, which you can order from Amazon and they're not terribly expensive. And so if you're in a place like where I am here in a, a basement, I'm trying to kill the sound from upstairs too. Uh, I just put in a, a little layer of insulation and then put in the drop ceiling with the acoustic panels right above. Uh, and it was a relatively inexpensive way for me to, to do this. But you can need to do something, something with your the ceiling because you've got basically a big echo chamber there. So it helps to, to break that up. Yeah. How about your windows and doors? Okay. So the... Here's what I've done on the door so far. I've I've sealed it uh, with weather stripping and by putting a a um uh what do you call it on the a sweep on the door sweep on the bottom on the bottom of the door. That's that's good. Is it a hollow core door? It is a hollow core door, which they well, use a lot in not, houses. I mean, what what you can look for is go online and look for Owens Corning seven hundred three. It's rigid fiberglass insulation that is real sound deadening, and you can get it in like one inch, two inch four inch thick pieces. And it's generally what you see from Oralex when they wrap the fabric around it. And it's just that hard fiberglass. It 
deadens sound like nobody's business. So you get a couple of those and cut them to size and you can make them just sit on the back of your door. If you're worried about appearance, you can wrap them in some fabric or something. But if you're not, you can just use them the way they sit. Well, and I could also just cover them with these guys, right? Sure. You could, yeah, but you probably it would probably be cheaper. I think that Owens Corning stuff is like 80 bucks a box for eight of them. Oh, I thought of uh, putting this on the outside. None of this, this isn't expensive and doesn't have a great NRC rating, but it would it would look better than maybe the back of the Owens corn. Uh, so how does that compare to just changing it to a solid core door? I mean, solid core is going to be good, but you probably get more sound deadening by putting something on your side of the door. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, obviously in, uh, so the, the thought I had was a double door, which would be annoying, um, a solid core door. And of course, solid core doors are not cheap. Well, no. And the other, I mean, it, you're still going to have some, some bounce on that. So even if you put up a solid core door, you're still going to have to have something on the inside of it. Cause you got a big, you know, hard surface. That's just going to bounce sound back. So gotcha. Uh, you're going to want something on it anyway. So the, that leads us back to the window that Chris mentioned should, um, drapes. What, okay. You know, there you, you go. Have drapes on it. I don't. I, yeah, I just have, uh, just the regular, what do you call them? Yeah. Blinds on it. Um, yeah. some, he- and, some heavy drapes and there you go. And I've had a couple zooms and a couple podcast episodes where, uh, the mowers show up <laughs> and you can yeah. definitely, uh, hear that coming through so i know i need to do some, i mean the things i looked at was doing a window a, a double window putting in a window insert in which is obviously not cheap uh but that's how i've always done it in in actual radio studios is the double window and that but you're also sure. limited if you're renting a place versus if it's true. your own true so some of those things are nice is that you can hang them and they're not a permanent installation what about i mean i don't really need the the window for light i don't care if i cover it up is what what about putting that yeah, owens corn in owens sure. corning yeah you could cut it and fit it right in the space there and then still stick a drape in front of it if you wanted the appearance yeah to be good yeah okay yeah that might be something something good to look at and i was gonna add a couple more panels i've got one wall that's uncovered here i don't know if you think that's worth messing with but well i mean it's it's what you get out of it you know like rob said you don't want to go too far so if you're happy with the sound of the room right now, but you have a couple of these annoyances, like a baby crying or a mower going, then yeah, try to address those. Oh, so, so you have a solution for the baby crying? Well, you're not going <laughs> to move. Like <it>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, for example, this is uh, this is where I do most of my recording over here on this. So you'll see I, I, I do have a big monitor, but it's angled. Here I've got several monitors that are actually pointing towards me. This would be a terrible place for me to record. Uh, those big flat monitors, they're going to bounce sound right back at you. So right, I've, I've seen that cause more problems than you could, especially the, the, we're using these bigger monitors now and you've got them surrounding you with a microphone right here. You just have all that bounce back. So uh, angle, thang, angle things, tilt things, that always helps. In the floor, the uh, I just put, a carpet pad down and, and carpet tile. And I think the floor seems fine to me. Yeah. Well, carpet great. makes a huge difference. Um, any other thoughts? I mean, obviously, um, I'm, I do video in here with a green screen. So, uh, but having the audio set up uh, for podcasting helps with that 
as well. That's what I kind of like about the idea of, of, of stations having an all-in-one room if the room's big enough where sure. they can kind of do everything. So it's already set up for audio and you can already, and you throw a green screen in there and some three-point lighting and you're good to go for video as well. Mm. I mean, what what do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, but then you're gonna you're talking about having to have it look good too. So, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. That's about it. So basically, I I did this whole episode just so you guys could give me some pointers on on improving my studio here. So smart plan on my part. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Keep listening. Love we'll, uh, love you too. Keep listening. We'll be back in 30 seconds to do a quick rundown on my current equipment and the video side of this setup. If you've listened to some of our other episodes or watched any of them on my website, you've probably heard me talk about some of this equipment, but I still want to quickly run down the list again. So uh, bear with me. Plus, I'm sure I've added some things since then as well. First off, the microphones. Um, these are Shure MV7 podcasting mics. I also have an RE20, but uh, I really like these for podcasting and the daily audio I record for videos because they're incredibly simple to use and super versatile. They have both a USB connection and an XLR connection, so you can quickly plug one end directly uh, to your laptop and use the free Shure Plus Motive software to utilize its built-in mic processing, which I think is pretty good. I typically use the high-pass and presence boost setting uh, when using one of these directly into my laptop. But of course, with the XLR, you can also plug it directly into any mixer. Oh, and they also have a headphone jack and level control built right into the mics as well. These mics run about 250 each, so not bad, and they uh, probably are on special from time to time as well, but I think they're around 250 Next, this mixer I'm using is the Rodecaster Pro 2 podcasting console. At the time of this recording, I I think it was I think it's $699. That's what I paid for it, although my brother just told me he saw one on sale for cheaper than that. I don't know if he's right. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's got four XLR mic inputs, uh, four headphone outputs, a slot for a mini SD card. Mine's 256 gig and a uh, USB output so you can plug it directly into your computer and record multi-track audio into the computer and still bank to the SD card for redundancy. There's also built-in Aphex mic processing with multiple mic presets, um, hot keys or hot buttons, whatever you want to call them, for loading beds, and some additional cool built-in effects you can use from the hot keys that are fun to play with. Like, for instance, this is a robot. Here's a slightly higher robot. And here's a demon. It's also got a mix minus for recording phones without feeding back, which admittedly I haven't used yet, but I've heard good things about it. Um, now the video equipment. I have three Mevo Start live streaming cameras, which cost uh, $3.99 each or $9.99 for the three-pack. I love these cameras because they uh, come with the free Mevo app, which will allow you to do multicam live streams to any social feed while also banking individually to each camera's mini SD cards. Again, I'm using 256, 256 gig cards right now, but you can go bigger than that, obviously. The app also has tons of built-in presets. Uh, you can add logo or text overlays on there. 
You can have a producer switching between cameras using that app, or you can set them up in auto-direct mode so they switch automatically every X amount of seconds. They're fantastic. No, they're not 4K, but uh, they're 1080p, and you're not going to stream in 4K anyway, and 1080p is plenty for creating social and, and web videos. The upside of shooting in 4K uh, so you can still punch in without losing resolution on anything you're putting out in 1080. So it can kind of be like a multicam in one. But the downside is, obviously, the files are huge. So uh, when you're shooting a lot of video, you'll need tons of hard drive space if you're doing it in 4K. So these cameras do connect to Wi-Fi, but I also added the additional $150 Ethernet adapter so I can hardwire it uh, when I'm in a place where I don't trust the Wi-Fi stability or the speed. Just for reference, it takes about 6 megabits per second to stream in 1080p or 3.5 to stream in 720p using these. Um, my portable green screen here was just, I think, 60 to 80 bucks. I have three lights, so I can do three-point lighting on the green screen videos, so it's a lot easier to remove the glow. Two of these are cheapo, $40, $45, $50 lights, and the third is $150 light that I'm thinking about upgrading to the Loom Cube Pro. It's right now it's this uh Photo Doctor LED 600 AS, but I like the Loom Cube Pro better and it's about the same price. These are I think this one was 150. For my video editing computer, I'm still on PC since I work with radio stations and they are mostly on PC still. My wife's a graphic designer. She's all Apple, but uh, I'm still on PC. This is an Omen 30L desktop GT13 gaming PC with an AMD Ryzen 5 3600 6-core processor, 16 gig of RAM installed, and the all-important NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1660 Super Graphics card. I use it regularly to run Audio Premiere, After Effects, and Hit Film all without any problems. And that's about it. Um, for my setup currently. If you have any questions, just hit me up. Thanks again to my brothers, Rob and Chris, for joining me on this episode. If you have any questions, like I said, uh, you can reach me at Andy at radiostationconsultant.com. Get a copy of my latest ebook from broadcast to podcast. I'm also working on a new ebook that should be out the first part of 2023 as well. And make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you like it and check out my website, radiostationconsultant.com.